can't get over the fact that I record this in my, in my apartment. This is so weird. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's just me today, if you couldn't tell. Welcome back, everyone, to my um, podcast. I'm still doing this. Why? I don't know, but you know what? I'm doing it. Um, today is, uh, what is it? Wednesday, July 15th, and um, I can't sleep, so I need something to do in the meantime, and that something's going to be recording a podcast. Um, it's been two months since I last recorded, ten, uh, recorded one with my friend Brooke. We talked about a lot of things, and uh, uh, then today I'm going to talk about more things. It's going to be fun. Um, to start off, I think uh, there are going to be no changes to the podcast, <laughs> nothing changing, um, but but I think I may be doing something different with where I post it. I may be posting the show to Spotify and Apple and like incorporating a YouTube channel, although for some reason part of me thinks that this is a terrible idea, uh, but I won't know. Until I start, so we'll see if um, that will end up being a bad idea or not, but uh, I think that's a way for me to get engagement with people, uh, being that nowadays when you listen to podcasts, you actually like press play and then engage wherever you're playing it, so I don't want to post a podcast just to Spotify and then get no con- no um, content or um, feedback from the audience, so I think YouTube's where, where I want to go with that. What I do know about YouTube um, is that it's like the Wild West for uh, people that uh, watch content on YouTube. YouTube is like a, uh, it's like the wild, it's it's crazy. Like people are, are actively not uh, uh, normal people on that platform. Um, so I, I watch a lot of YouTube, a lot, like more than the average person. Um, I, I actively pay for YouTube premium so I don't see ads uh, because I think without um, paying for it, YouTube is like the worst. It's the worst um, website. It's terrible. And uh, I pay for it so I don't have to see ads and I don't have to worry about like being in the middle of a video and then like hearing about some like dog biscuit that's coming out that like I, I don't have a dog. Why am I watching like dog biscuit videos? Um, so I don't pay. I, I pay for it so I don't see that shit. And so I like can marathon videos on top of videos on top of videos of everything I want to watch on it. And like literally I will have days where I watch like old radio shows they used to listen to like Opie and Anthony shows and then I'll like pivot from that into watching like um like football commentary and football videos of old plays and players and stuff to watching political videos to watching things about like global warming and stuff to watching things about F1 like I can just curate videos across the, the spectrum and constantly have something I can learn from uh the internet that's not just going to Reddit and Google all the time so <clears throat> That's uh, that's that's one of those things I think that I should do, that I may do, that I will do, um, at some point in the near future. Um, but I just uh, I know that it's gonna be crazy. Um, the 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 freaks come out at night, and they come out only on YouTube. Uh, that and maybe, um, like Twitter. It's like the same group of people that are just like angry at everything. Uh, but nonetheless, I think I might do it, and just jump in there and uh, start getting some more engagement with the audience. Um. But yeah, otherwise, I think I'm just going to keep this thing going. I want to make the tone of the show more relaxed. I like talking about things when I'm in a more calm mood, where I'm not thinking about work and trying to be professional all the time. So I'm going to make it more calm and fun. And uh, hopefully it's going to work in the meantime. Um, So in the meantime, I'm going to pivot now into uh, random shit that I've seen on the internet that I think is interesting, that I think people probably haven't uh looked up like i i am constantly looking at everything i can learn from the internet all the time like i'm always looking for something that i wouldn't have known and i usually start with my um my google search so i have uh 
I have an iPhone, but I did the same thing on my Android before I switched over. And yes, I did use an app on Android. And yes, I think they're both relatively the same. So no, I don't think Apple's any better. And should so shut up. And but no, like I I switched over from an Android phone to an iPhone. And Google has a feature in the like the Google search widget that when you essentially open the widget, it'll give you a bunch of um, popular searches in your area that you can just click on, or at least you can just see like the list of like trending searches. And from that list, I tend to see things that are going on at that exact moment that you normally wouldn't get from going to like the paper or um, even going to Twitter, you know? And although like I have like, you know, Washington Post gives me like, they email me every day with crap and I used to get, I still actually get like the Wall Street uh, Journal posts and the Times and crap. Like I keep those things in my like bubble but in terms of getting like up to the second news on things that's go- that are going on in the world and things that are beyond just like, you know, whatever curated stories from the newspaper I do want to see, I get a broad spectrum of just like everything, like popular culture, political stuff, world news, anything that's happening in the world at that exact moment, especially being in D.C., there's always a little bit of something in there that you like wouldn't think would be in the search terms. Like recently – there's been this uh there's there's this story that's out there right now about um uh what is it van van Vide, van Viedeven? uh what is this uh ice cream place called let me see this ice cream uh, maker what is it called uh, uh sorry i'm searching on my laptop one second van van Lu, van Leuven ice cream they're in the news right now because they're making a Craft macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream, uh, and it's orange. <laughs> and like, I don't know how in the world we got here. This is not normal. Uh, this is weird. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I've had their ice cream before and it's delicious. They're like this New York based ice cream place that they, as they claim, get the best quality ingredients and they, you know, handcraft all their stuff or something like that. And it's supposed to be like bougie people ice cream, right? But it's actually really good. It's it's very, very tasty. Um, not to say I don't appreciate a good Ben & Jerry's, though. Who doesn't? You know, they have so many different flavors. Like, you can find a flavor Ben & Jerry's that will, like, itch the scratch that you have. Or scratch the itch, I should say. Uh, that you have for getting something sweet in your face at 2 in the morning. Like, you can find something from them that's good. But we need more than just one manufactured ice cream. We need 15 with all these different flavors that incorporate lavender. Why not? We need that, apparently. And so... They thought it was a good idea to expand our horizons and provide us a macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream because we don't eat enough mac and cheese as it is. We need to eat it and then eat ice cream flavored like it because we're Americans. So they did it. And I'm telling you that if I can get my hands on this, I'm going to doubt it. Actually, no, I won't doubt it unless it's delicious. I'm going to doubt it. I'm going to try it. And then if it's delicious, I will eat it and then never eat it again because I'd be ashamed of myself for having done that. And so that's weird. But that's the kind of stuff I get in my Google search. So that's like when I when I think about recording stuff for the podcast, like that's the kind of stuff I think about because that's the like literally what's happening in the world. Like why wouldn't you want to know about macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream, right? It's useless information, but it's also very interesting. Um, in addition to random stuff I hear about, the entire southwest of the country is drying up and is losing water at a rapid pace. There are stories about the Hoover Dam in the news almost daily at this point, and 
the main reason being that um, the the dam's operating at like like a like less than fifty percent capacity or something like that, and generally the amount of electricity that's no sorry the amount of uh, water that's available in the southwest of the country is at like a third of it um, at, that it would normally be at, and like it's rapidly declining, and people are actively moving to that part of the country, so it's like a typical American overconsumption issue of us not having enough infrastructure to handle the amount of people that we have. And in addition, the fact that our industries are causing global warming to rapidly accelerate beyond the point that it's been at. I mean, I've been hearing about global warming since I was a kid in the 90s, and it's actively getting worse 30 years later, right? And because we don't have enough people that are like intelligent enough to appreciate the science behind global warming – we keep getting people that don't do anything about it. And now literally half the country's drying up and people are, are just like, Oh no, I'll move there. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. And it's like, no, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. You're going to go there. There's going to be no water. Your little puppy is going to die from fucking heat, heat exhaustion from not having enough water. And then you're going to be upset. You're going to go protest. You're going to think that like it's someone else's fault, but no, like your stupid ass should move somewhere else or like should be like, putting out the idea that global warming is a problem that's actively affecting your quality of life. But instead, we're going to get more Karen videos of women in Victoria's Secrets throwing a tantrum about how they're, like, being treated poorly while half the country's drying up. Like, this is this is the state that our country's in, and I'm like, I, I like, I don't know what to do. I At this point, I'm like, this is just the country. You know, this is where we live. It's a bunch of, like, it's it's literally... Half the country that believes in, in global warming and the other half doesn't. And as a result, half the country drying up. So what are we going to do about it? I don't think we can do anything about it. You know, as long as Bubba can still drive down his highway and his Ford truck, blasting Jimmy Buffett, drinking a 40, shouldn't be doing it on the highway. He's, it's like, we're not stopping this shit. Like, it's not, it's not going anywhere. So, you know what? Like, I just, at this point... All I can do is talk about it because I can't stop this shit. I'm not Barack Obama. Um, I'm not Michelle Obama. I can't do shit about this. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not in politics, you know, like that's, that's my point. Like <clears throat> as much as I would love to be able to, you know, make a difference. Uh, the only difference I can make is bring people's awareness uh, to the forefront of what these problems are and then hope that you knowing about it will make you more aware as to things that we can do. And also, hold on, let me back up for a second. This is, let me, let me actually think about this for a second. No matter how much we as people know about global warming, there's nothing we can do about it on a scale large enough to like stop it, right? Like we as consumers, as end consumers, as the common people, no matter how many times you recycle, Mary, you're not going to stop global warming. You know what will? Stopping fracking, stopping fossil fuel emissions, changing in our infrastructure to using more renewable energy, doing things that actually stop us from um, forcing the infrastructure of the country to rely so much on um, things that cause emissions that essentially burn up the ozone layer and cause global warming. Those are the things that have to stop. <clears throat> I imagine that, like, and I should probably do research on this, but the amount of... Um, environmental damage that the average consumer causes is probably like less than 20% in comparison to generally like the overall business infrastructure that allows for like the accumulation of waste that can't be disposed of. And like the, um, 
the use of uh, transport that causes an immense amount of emissions or like um, generally um, like the amount of like um, electric because electricity causes like I like I want need to need to look this up. Literally, this is how my brain works. What I'm going to do is look up how electricity is generated and what resources are used and consumed to generate electricity that isn't like green green electricity, right? Because you have like solar panels, you have wind farms. Um, in some cases, you may have like nuclear power energy, and then like water power. I want to say is is an is an aspect, but on the on the vast whole, I want to say most electricity that we use today is probably generated through fossil fuels, like combustion, right? It would have to, wouldn't it? Is what else could you use to create enough like um, to create enough work to cause like there to be energy to be cons- consumed on on the on the la- on large scale? And also, here's another thing. Again, like this is literally what my brain does. So I also looked up back when Texas froze over and lost a bunch of power. Um, most people might know this, but I didn't, um, that our country is divided three ways in terms of how our power grid is, um, um, aligned. <clears throat> so the ha- uh, left half of the country, the, um, the right half of the country, the, you know, uh, the, well, I want to say like, it's almost split by, like the Mississippi and maybe a little bit further west of the Mississippi, like the, the country split by two parts of the, of, uh, of the power grid, like the, and they all are connected essentially like they all on either side are connected to each other um independently right and then those connections travel up i want to say up to like canada so like our power grid is literally two halves of the country and then texas texas is completely isolated from the entire power grid outside itself so when it froze over it was because they couldn't connect to the power that was generated on these other two parts of the country so like again just thinking about it how will, how do we get our, how do we actually get our power? And can we actually change how we get our power to allow for things like global warming to decelerate and or stop if possible? Um, although I do fear that there's no way for us to be able to actually stop it because we are so far down that hole of like not having corrected it that Literally, like if if like Donald Trump made an uh, effort and had an initiative to literally, like what what did he close? He like closed the EPA or something like that. Like he shut down some like government agency that was doing um environmental research into global warming. He like shut it down, closed it out, and like purged its documents when he got into office. So even though we have people that are doing something about it. He was like, no, it's not a problem. It became a political issue versus like an existential issue. <laughs> like, huh? I, 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 am, I am always shocked by not necessarily saying that Donald Trump is the dumbest man ever, but he's not in the like the, the he's he's a, he, you know how like uh, everything's a normal distribution. He's like on the left half of the distribution. Like he's somewhere on that side. He's not a very smart man. He may be like smart in terms of knowing how to socially engineer his way to getting people to believe his bullshit. And that's like another level of intelligence. But in terms of just understanding complex things, large systems of organization cause and effect beyond just himself and his meaty hands. It's, he's not a very smart guy. And to have a country where, when I say a country, like a populace, right? People, voters that, will put a man like that in office 
and then like not only put him in office but back him like it just shows the state of how disconnected from reality we actually are for whatever reason we don't understand that what we have as a problem with literally the country drying the fuck up is something that has to be mandated and controlled on a large scale no individual group is capable of causing or, or forcing change in that direction of correcting this issue by itself. Not to mention the large amount of connection that our infrastructure has with the global um, the global infrastructure. We ourselves are seeing the effects of global warming on our soil as well as outside. Like the Saharan Desert has been drying up. Again, since I was a kid, it's actively growing um, every year. I remember when I was in high school one year... <clears throat> Pardon me, guys. Um, when I was in high school one year, one of our teachers taught us about how rapidly the Saharan Desert was drying up. And he was saying that you could see where the grass essentially was like stopping, that the locals were able to say like last year the grass was like a mile that way or something like that. And then now it's here. They could literally see the progress of of um just like of literally the continent drying up in front of their eyes and if you look at um if you google the um uh the size of the saharan desert maybe like 30 years ago versus now like you can literally see from from space if you look down on the continent of africa you can see that this the desert's actively getting bigger and it's not like getting a little bit it's, it's like rapidly growing so we're we're dealing with like a crisis of actively potentially ex- like exterminating a large percent of the country uh, or like the world, but we can't seem to get past our inability to understand that we have to accept that it's a problem as opposed to like pointing a finger and saying like, no, it's like the Democrats or it's the Republicans. Like literally we're all going to be fucked if we don't fix this, fix this shit. <laughs> like and it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, if you can't get water in California as a result of global warming, it won't matter what side you voted for. You're just fucked. And hopefully you can get out, you know, despite the fact that people are actively moving there. It's just, it doesn't make any sense, people. I try to make sense on the show because I think about this shit all the time and it makes no sense. Another thing, too, that I've, I've learned about the, about the rapid rate. Two more things, actually, about the rapid rate of global warming. So in certain parts of the country, you have, or in the country, just like, as, as a result of global warming, there are certain instances where the air is so thick and humid that people are essentially getting heat stroke and dying from being outside because their sweat can't evaporate fast enough to allow their body to cool down. So literally the air is so thick and hot that their body cannot cool itself down and it rapidly causes them to suffer negative consequences of the heat. So we had better hope that our AC units keep working and that we have water to drink. But wait, what, what, wait, water, wait, isn't there a thing going on in the, the, the West part of the country where we're losing a bunch of water? Yeah. Isn't that happening right now? Isn't that something that's going on? Yeah. So, and then like also in Myanmar, I saw a story where that, um, people are, um, farmers and people are dying because they can't grow food in the climate that they live in because the land is untenable. You can't, you can't, um, you can't grow crops in this land because it's so dry. So people are literally eating just like 
grass and like tree leaves and stuff because they can't grow crops anymore. And that's just one country and that's happening right now. That's not happening, you know, in, in like some science fiction book that in some that's going to be turned into a movie in five years. Like that's happening right now. So in another five years, it'll be another country or it'll be like America um, not having water in, uh, you know, in Arizona. Like it's happening right now. So it's, I'm trying my best to make sense of how big these problems are. And as I record um, from my comfortable apartment in DC, like it's not in my face, but then again, if you've ever been outside in the last week in DC, like you can tell that it's not cool. It's not, you know, nice out. It's hot. It's humid and sticky and absurdly warm. Literally like when you walk outside in DC right now, you get hit. Like, it's almost like you're getting bear hugged by the weather right now. It's so warm out. And it's gotten worse. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, I want to say back in, like, the early 2000s, like, we'd have a couple days that were hot, maybe a week or two in July, be like, oh, it's kind of hot. It's like, uh, it's like 90-something, uh, you know. You know, my mom would be like, oh, like, you should probably try to, you know, stay inside and drink a lot of water, blah, blah, blah. And then it's, it's like every year... That that week or two that we had that was really warm has turned into like two weeks and then three weeks and then like a month and then like a month and a half and then the entire summer and then the entire summer and the later half of spring and then part of the fall too. Like our heat wave, our heat season's gotten longer. It's just gotten longer. It hasn't stopped getting worse and it's getting hotter and more humid. It's not improving at all. And it's... It's, it's weird, man. Like, you know how there's that experiment? Maybe you don't, but let me explain. There's this experiment with um, frogs. And if you have a frog in a pot and you have water in a pot, right? Water frog pot. If you put the frog in the water while it's already um, boiling and warm, the frog will, like, jump out of the water, like, get away from the water. But if you put the frog in the pot, in the water... When you slowly raise the temperature over time, the frog will get accustomed to that uh, increase in temperature and it won't jump out. It'll boil itself alive. <laughs> like, that's like what we're dealing with. Like, things suck now. The, the water's too hot now, but we're just like, oh, it's fine. We're just going to eliminate all the research we have on how bad the problem is. And it's like not an issue. I, I don't understand how, like, how is it that, like, the rate at which the entire world's drying up that there's no concern for it. Do we just think that we're going to like create a business that's going to correct the problem? Amazon can't even get its employees water in its warehouses. How is anything going to be, how is any business going to be able to fix this problem? There's no business that's going to give a shit enough because there's no money to be made in fixing this problem, right? You can't say, oh, we can just create some technology that's going to correct it. Like, no, especially in America, Anything, anything we make in terms of business that's profitable for the most part, unless it's like a B2B um, nature business, is going to expect con- uh, um, um, consumption, right, by the people that, that use it or that need it. And without that consumption, that business isn't profitable. So how are we going to expect that there's going to be a business that's going to have a business model that is actively looking to correct a problem that affects everybody, but has to literally dive into the way that businesses operate to fix it 
and expects to be profitable and not be like the enemy of every business that it pursues. There's no, there's no way. And truthfully, the government should be that entity to put in rules to prevent um, businesses from allowing itself to have large infrastructure or at least like not giving it's like I think about Amazon, like Amazon doesn't even take care of its employees to the point where it's able to give them water or breaks or, you know, at least a little reprieve enough from the conditions, especially given how bad they are with the heat and everything else. They can't even take care of its working force. Right. I think about that and I'm like, if we can't regulate that, we can't regulate the way that businesses operate to stop them from causing the planet from burning up. So, like, I don't understand the, the logic behind thinking that not having rules in place to correct this problem on the large scale is necessary. Like, who's going to fix the problem? You see all the billionaires trying to go to space. Like, they're not trying to stay on Earth. If you can buy a ticket to space, you're gone space. They're trying to terraform Mars because they want to get off the planet because they know that it's an uncorrectable problem and they know that they're not going to be able to fix it. Like, that's, I mean, think about it. Like, it's like a Simpsons episode. <laughs> like, remember that episode back in the day where, like, they were, um, they put all the famous people on the, on like one, one spaceship to Mars and then another spaceship to the sun and Barton, uh, <laughs> Bart and Homer on the spaceship. They were flying it to the sun. They were like on it. They're like, oh my God, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my God, Fran Drescher. Oh my God. It's like all these like B-list celebrities that they are on the, on the spaceship. And they try to jump off the, the spaceship in time and they don't. Like it was, it was so bad. But that's, that's what we're dealing with. Like this problem's been bad for so long that I feel like in some ways, like people that, that know how bad it is or just like, fuck it. Like we're not, we're not fixing this. This is, this is unfixable. Um, so I mean, whatever, you know, what are you going to do? We just lived through a fucking pandemic and things aren't back to normal yet. Pardon me guys. Also, I'm convinced that my allergies this year are directly related to how bad our environment is. I've been dealing with my allergies since April this year. And they have not gotten better. I've been sneezing every day and blowing my nose every day since April. It's been insanely bad this year. And uh, I don't know what to do. Like, I just pump my body full of, like, antihistamines and, like, um, just, like, uh, just, like, anything to help me breathe through my nose because I can't. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad this year. Um, so, I mean, look. Look, we're fucked, and uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> what are you going to do? We're going to party our faces off. We're just going to party until this bitch burns up, because what else, we gonna, what else is there to do? Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, so that's a, yeah, that, that's, that's a thing. Um, but, no, like, look, look, life is at least better now. We just made it out of uh, quarantine. Things are reopening again. We can go back to ball games in the heat. We can go back to concerts and travel and Ubers in the heat. And we can <laughs> we can get out again. There's at least the ability for us to leave the house again. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'd rather be miserable around my friends, um, intoxicated, than be miserable alone, intoxicated. And as a result, uh, it's hard to complain too much. Um, we have at least this newfound freedom that we haven't had for over a year. 
DC has been reopened for just over a month now, I think. And everyone that I know has taken full advantage of it. I don't think there's been a day that in some way or another, someone that I know isn't either planning for the weekend or planning a vacation or actively on vacation or, you know, going out. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's honestly kind of nuts. Um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I honestly like being able to, um, leave the house without a mask on is wonderful. Um, despite the fact that I'm salty guys, I'm annoyed with people. People still aren't getting vaccines. It's to the point where Manny Fresh is making a 30 year old song or at least attempting to make a 30 year old song relevant again. I haven't listened to Vax that thing up because I cringe my soul out of my body when I saw the headline that he made a song called Vax that thing up. I hope to never listen to this song. It's this is this is this is bad. Like like also does he think that the people that like his music are going to be like, "Yeah, Manny, yeah, I'm going to Vax that thing up. I'm going to do it." <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that's not how it's going to pan out. You know what's going to happen? They're going to watch the video, look to see how hot the girls are in the video, and then go, Manny Fresh, you're fat. <laughs> you haven't been relevant for 20 years. Get off my <laughs> get off my phone. Leave me alone, Manny Fresh. <laughs> make, make good music again. Please. Oh, man. Also, how do you, how do you justify putting in a video about getting vaccinations? Uh, how do you justify putting in like video girls into that video? What's the thought process there? <laughs> uh, you know, I can, I just imagine he's like, he's like thinking to himself, you know, that song I put out 20 years ago was a hit and it was just about backing that ass up. And I think if we tie the, the thought of twerking, cause twerking is popular nowadays. It's very hot. Everyone twerks nowadays. If we tie that together with the idea of getting a vaccination, you know what's crazy? I think we could make it rhyme and sound just like the song we put out 20 years ago. Hmm, yeah, we probably could. And I say we change nothing other than the lyrics and the topic, but we keep everything the same. It should have like Dr. Fauci in the video or something. Like how else do you market a song about getting vaccinations that is derivative of a song about twerking? was like the the origination for the majority of America's understanding and awareness of twerking. How, how do you make that song relevant? You know, we need Kendrick Lamar back. We need him to put out a, an album about vaccinations, but something tells me he wouldn't be for it. Something tells me he's like an anti-vaxxer or is like, or like at least like anti-establishment enough that he's like, I can't support that. I can't put out a song or an album about people needing to take this state mandated vaccine. That's not okay. I can't see Kenny doing that. Right. What artists could actively get, you know, first off, I'll just say it because I can, it's black folks that don't trust the government because the government is shitty and has been terribly shitty to black people for a long time. So it's like a, a distrust of why the government is pushing a, a vaccine and generally just like, why should we take this knowing that, the government has really not been in our favor uh, for a long time. I don't know if you guys know this. I've known this for a long time. Um, there were like experiments conducted on black soldiers. I want to say during World War II, was it? Where they were giving them syphilis without their knowing and were just like using them as test subjects. These are like military men. These aren't just like, you know, these aren't uh, 
just guys off the street. Not that that would make it any better, but these are guys that like enlisted in the military and they were just like, you know what? They're black. We can do whatever the fuck we want and we're going to give them syphilis and just study what happens to them. They did that. That's literally a documented thing that they did to black people. So obviously there's, you know, that, that in and of itself would cause an immense amount of distrust on top of all the other shit, all the things Reagan says about poor black people and hippies, like anything that relates to black people in the government, other than like <laughs> the black people that work in the government. <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay. So I don't know if people uh, that listen to this ever have ever worked for the government before, but like, uh, like I want to say what, like 40% of the people that work for the government are black because it was, so here, here's some context. Like in DC, uh, it might've been like in the eighties and the nineties, um, there was like an initiative back in the day, I want to say where, um, or at least like a motivation for people to get jobs in the government in the city back when it was chocolate city and ain't chocolate city no more. It ain't even milk chocolate city no more. It is, it is, it is uh milk city nowadays. God damn. It ain't chocolate milk city. It's just, it, it's just like, it's a different city anyway. But no, like looking back, back in the day, um, black folks were motivated to work for the government because it was like a stable career you could choose. You didn't have to have a college education. You didn't have to, you know, be connected to, you know, some people that knew people, even though like it kind of worked out that way. You could get a job in the government working your way up. And because once you're in the government, unless you're like kicked out of it, they'll never fire you. They can't really fire you. They'll move you around, but they can't like fire you once you get in the government. So black folks in the city would like, move and it just you know people but it was mostly black people because it's dc but they would work for the government and find careers essentially that they could build around paying well that were consistent that they could work for their entire lifetime making decent money so as a result like there's this like massive cohort of um, black folks that have that been in the government for years and years and years and years and years and years and years years for a long time um my folks, like my folks' friends, like my old coworkers, like it's it's deep, like it it's deep, and so in, <laughs> I think about that, and I'm like, you know, more than likely, more than likely, the people that were targeted for vax that thing up video were not the same people that were voluntarily working for the government. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It's crazy assumption I know, but uh, I think we're talking more of like you know, uh, population of people in more southern states that don't have connections to the government. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what the mail... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm never watching this video. That, that, that's the moral of the story. I'm never watching this. Um, but no, so, yeah, that's the thing. Um, I don't know where else to go with that because I'm, like, cringing just thinking about it. Um, yeah, but no, things are interesting out there nowadays. Things are very, very interesting. The political headlines have like died out a little bit. We don't have as much uh, drama surrounding Joe Biden. He stopped talking, so we can't make fun of him anymore. Uh, <laughs> Kamala Harris is taking all the heat for being Kamala Harris. Um, also, I don't know why people thought Kamala was going to be like this savior of like politics when she got elected in. Like she's she's like a she's like not she's like she's like a little sketch. Like Kamala is a little her like history of 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 um. Of her work when she was working, was it she worked in was it Oakland that she worked in? She's from Oakland now. She she worked there too, but no, um, I like I don't know, I don't know. Hold on. The faith that Democrats have in this um, White House is, I, I I understand it, but I don't I don't believe that it's really gonna 
they're they're gonna change or fix all that much because there's a lot of shit that they just can't fix. There's so many problems in the government that are beyond partisanship that like realistically, you know, unless they attack the problem of the amount of money that government or that that businesses are extracting from the populace and generally the, the 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 stagnation of wages like if these things aren't fixed regardless of what side of the aisle you're on I don't care who you put in the white house like our country's going to stay in the state that it's in and I, and honestly like I see like maybe it's the people that I, I listen to and watch on the internet but there really is this like immense um kind of falling out from things reopening from quarantine that uh, I don't think we're going to fix um, quickly or that will fix itself because truthfully, the issue is like economic. Most people that were out of work during quarantine haven't restabilized and probably incurred an immense amount of debt and really haven't, um, um, one second, hold on, haven't really been able to bounce back um, fully from what took place. And I also thought about this too. Um, there's another video I've seen about the nature of populations in countries where depending on certain, um, it's like, it's like a trend that happens in countries where I don't know if it's prompted or, 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 or is predicated by some kind of, um, large event or not, but basically in every country there are cycles that the population goes through where, um, the size of any demographic, um, age wise changes and essentially moves up and the effect that those populations have on the economics and the overall nature and the productivity of that country change. So the example that was put out was like with China, I forgot what, what channel this is from. I wish I could find it. Shit. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, give me one second. Give me one second guys. I'm going to share some of the stuff I watch. Um, so it was here. Let's see. Here it is. Okay. All right. So back in April, <clears throat> I watched this video from this YouTube channel called Polymatter, spelled P-O-L-Y-M-A-T-T-E-R, all one word. The name of the video is um, Demography, China's Reckoning, part one. And essentially, this video breaks down the nature of how China's economy had been affected by the um, population change over time. And what happens is productivity in any given country is highest when people in that country are within the ages of like, I want to say like 21 to 35, I want to say, because that's like the working age people when they do the most work in their lifetime is during that window. And so, one second. China's population was um, maybe like, man, I forgot what time they said it was, but it's kind of moved on from that time. And so the, the productivity of the country, it's like gone down as a result because it now has this massive older generation of people that are getting out of the workforce and aren't as, aren't as productive. And so essentially what they're trying to do, I think, is it is it China um, that they're trying to do it? Basically, like they have to, um, I forgot, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But basically they're, ha they're like trying to, for some kind of population control where they are trying to push for productivity to go back to where it was. But in order to do so, you have to have enough babies and have babies mature to working age. And then 
have them work, you know? And I think America, I wonder what America's stats are and how it's changed over time. I haven't looked that up, but I imagine, and the reason why I brought this up is I imagine that the countries, America's that is, their population demographic issues have been present for a while. And that I think that the, the, most productive years in our country were probably like the 50s and then maybe the 90s, right? Maybe. But I want to say that with quarantine happening, that um, people were affected in that main productivity bubble. And as a result, I don't think we were prepared for bringing people back into the workforce and motivating them to work again because I, our, you know the amount of people make is so low the conditions are so shit you know I, I see it even now with with my uh, the way I work I left my company a couple months ago and a lot of people did that were in my age that you know saw that the way that they were treated or at least like the the work policies were not I say the work policies just the, the nature of the work and the way we interacted with our companies wasn't wasn't like productive, wasn't good for us, right? So we left and found other positions. And I was one of those. I didn't think I was going to be, but I was. So I, I left my company and joined a new company. Like the conditions are way better. The pay is way better. Um, my quality of life is way better. My mental health is substantially better. Um, and I think like, imagine, you know, I was able to jump ship and go somewhere else. But imagine if you're someone that lost their job, it didn't quit during quarantine and, you had to live on, um, you know, social security to some degree to survive. And when you come back into the workforce, there are limited jobs, even fewer than there were before. The pay hasn't gotten any better and the conditions aren't any better. And truthfully, like you're just disenfranchised, you know, or you're just dis- uh, dis- um, disillusioned with it, right? Like you have no belief in the idea that working is going to amount to anything. Because think like, imagine you worked from 16 until you're 27, right? Um, you did or you didn't go to college, whatever. So you worked through college, so you didn't, whatever. But you've been working for a long time. Presumably, that amount of work that you did should help you or should have helped you establish yourself economically. But the amount of ways that you can lose that economic health through you know, healthcare issues, not having insurance, or through um, – pay not being high enough to justify the the uh, cost of living that you that, or wherever you happen to be living um or generally the lack of upward mobility in your career you know any number any one of these issues could be enough to make you just like not believe in the fact that working um will amount to anything unless you're just like personally driven to do it um and you know then on top of that say you did commit to it you stuck with it and then you got fired because of quarantine uh because because of covid-19 and coming back to the workforce, nothing's changed. Companies aren't doing anything to help you out. They're not improving anything for you. And they're just like, they're just, you know, expecting you just to come back to work. And it's like the, the falling out of the situation, just we weren't prepared for it. And we're, we're still dealing with it. And what's nuts to me is like, it doesn't take a lot to just be aware of the problems people are facing to do something about it. You just have to understand that people have debt 
people's health insurance costs are very high. A lot of people don't have health insurance. People don't have savings. People can't afford to establish themselves and move off of rent. Rents are increasing. And generally, like, there's just, like, no way for people to make a better life for themselves. And when I say no way for people, I mean, like, a lot, like, a large group of people. A large group. Like, even college-educated people don't really have an easy way to make that way for themselves. And, you know, most of the people that listen to this, you know, I have, you know, at this point, I have a couple hundred listeners. More than likely, you're all people that I met through college and after. Maybe a couple high school friends listen to it, too. But you're in the bubble of people that are feasibly capable of bolstering yourself against these problems. You have at least opportunity that should help you to deal with it to some degree. We are in like, we're not in the large majority of the country. Like if you've ever driven through America outside of like a major city and you've just seen the way the country is, I remember I worked for this research uh, company back in like 2013 and 14 and I would do, um, I conduct data for an um, education research project around uh, Baltimore and D.C. So I'd, I'd like go from D.C., I'd drive up 95 and I'd go up to like Baltimore County. I think I went to Baltimore City like one time or another, but I was mostly like around Baltimore and in different parts outside the, um, the city. And I remember being there and seeing the conditions of the schools and how vastly different they were given where they were located and when you see that, like, parts of one part of a city, like, one part of a city will have, you know, an infrastructure that supports the students, that gives them opportunity, that, like, is actually invested in their in their well-being. And then you'll have other parts of, like, other school systems and other um, administrations that are just kind of, like, going through the motions. It's it's really, and, like, when I say I was going, I was going to elementary schools and middle schools. Like, I was going on kids. Like, the most impressionable part of our, our entire population I was seeing the differences in how education can be be just like um, inconsistent right given just the nature of where they're located and what uh, what um, economic opportunities and what um, resources they have and it wasn't like I was going like into the hood like I was in Baltimore County schools like I'm in suburbs that are just outside of Baltimore or like or like, um, just like parts of the city that are just outside this uh, outside Baltimore. It wasn't like I was going downtown, you know, where the wire was shot. Like I was going all around Baltimore, and you know, all demographics like white, black, Hispanic, everybody, right? Like it wasn't just black and white schools that were different. It was everything, right? And seeing the economic differences, honestly, like honest truth, I remember going to a black elementary school that had the most um, committed and dedicated staff I've ever seen in, in a school. Like, it was, like, a primarily Af- like African-American school, and the administrators were all, like, I think they were all black, if, if not mostly black, and they were all very invested and committed to helping their students get through and be successful. And I remember being inspired by that school because they really cared. But then, like, I went to another school, a couple other schools, where certain teachers and, like, pr- principals that were there cared, but then, like, outside that, it felt like the other administrators just, like, were kind of going through the motions. It was weird. It was weird, man. Um, but I remember seeing that and I just remember thinking like, um, just in general, the, 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 I don't know, just like having the ability to have, um, opportunity presented to people starts that early and it carries on past that point. So what what I'm kind of getting at is if you're listening to this, you're probably in the, the cohort of people that have 
that have been provided opportunity to do more and have subsequently done something with it. If I if I've met you during college or after, more than likely, like we're not in the general population in that regard. So we're not like, and 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 I'm sure like people who have listened to this have if you've lived abroad or you've worked in schools or you've done anything where you're like on the ground with people that aren't in the bubble that we're in, you've seen it. And it's like when I when I when I kind of tie things together when I think about the problems that people are facing, it's like these are people that we don't interact with unless we're like going to a store or something. Like I'm not trying to sound elitist. I'm just saying like like literally the people that are most affected by our shit infrastructure and by our, our terrible economic um, structure in, in our country are people that have jobs that are just jobs, right? That are just jobs. And it's like, like, holy fuck, like what, what are we going to do if we can't address the problems? Like if we can't bring the bottom up in this country or in the world, honestly, but in America or even in our States, we can start at the state level. We can start at the County level. Like, if we don't bring the bottom up and help people that need the most help and help people not be on the verge of bankruptcy or crushing debt or um, just general like substantial um, issues with their quality of life um, without them having to, you know, I don't know, like, like, like if we can't give people opportunity to deal with certain problems that we are aware of that we like, I'm just some dude that watches internet videos. I know about this shit. So it's not like if you are working in these industries, you probably know better than I do. Right? Like I'm just some dude that can find this shit on the internet. If we can't address these problems and like, we're not going to be in a good place. Like we, we've already gone through civil unrest during quarantine. We've already gone through, um, watching our health system fall apart during quarantine. We've already seen like, you know, uh, uh, an unnecessary political divide that turned to violence during quarantine. Like if it's like, I think of it like if we, I'm like, uh, go down the rabbit hole. If we can't solve our problems as capable adults, then I'll be talking about this for another 15 years and how much worse it's gotten. And I fear that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's, that's the trend we've been on to this point. Um, and so I, I could I could literally talk about this all day. I'm trying I'm gonna try to pivot and not talk about problems all day, but that's what we have nowadays. We have problems we gotta fix. Um, but no, nonetheless, nonetheless, um, I'm gonna try to change the subject because it's getting depressing. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, so uh, the MDA Finals is happening right now. I didn't watch the game tonight, but I saw that Milwaukee won, which is surprising. I wonder how much of a home um, court advantage there is in the NBA, especially during the finals, because <clears throat> it seems that the teams that are in uh, that 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 have played at home have played much better at home. But then again, I think that's kind of unique to this finals because I, I know that like I thought the Suns were going to sweep the series. I really did. I thought the Suns had the hot hand, no pun intended, and we're going to just crush it and beat Milwaukee in four. But apparently. Um, playing up in Milwaukee with those crazy fans up there is, is it has an effect, you know? Um, I, I think I saw that Giannis had, um, some crazy stat line. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, yeah, 109 to 103. That's nuts, man. And what was the stat line? Let's see. Let's see here. Did Giannis play? Yeah, he did. Um, uh, points. 
28 points. Middleton had, had 40. Wow. Wow. So they played pretty well. They played pretty well. Um, yeah. Booker at 42. Damn. Damn. Yeah, what a crazy series, man. Um, what did Chris Paul do? 10 points. Yeah, he got shut down. Damn. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, <clears throat> we get some, go- uh, some more good games out of this. We at least have at least some more games coming out of this, right? Um, should be an entertaining series. I watched the first two games. Watched the first three games, actually. And, uh, man, I thought the Suns were going to be, like, just, like, just the way that they move the ball. I don't know much about basketball people. But, like, you know, I can, I can try to talk shop about basketball. But, no, just the way that um, they move the ball and um, create opportunities and they don't just kind of force the ball into, like, the point guard's hand and force it down the lane. They actually try to move it, try to find outside shots where they're, you know, good outside shots. So you tend to make them. Um, they have a uh, good size, but they don't have like a crazy, um, down, t- like in the paint, uh, game plan, but they have enough people that can, um, clean the boards and actually get easy layups where they, where they present themselves. But the Bucks are just a different team. You know, the way that Giannis plays, you can't guard him for the most part and he can shoot from anywhere. He can play down low. Then you have. Um, PJ Tucker, uh, wait, hold on. Who? I don't know who I'm talking about, people. I'm trying my best. Uh, you have Middleton. I don't even know who Middleton is. I don't know which guy that is. All I know that is that there's some dude. What's, what's that kid's name? Um, God, what's his name? I forgot. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to wrap this shit up. <laughs> I'm done. All I know is that our guy from UVA plays for uh, plays for Milwaukee, Diakite. I guess he didn't play today, but that's our guy. He's one of the... Um, the national championship team uh, mates that we had. Um, but I'm wrapping this shit up. I don't know basketball at all. I don't know shit about it. So I'm going to wrap it up for today. Uh, maybe by next time I know how to talk about basketball better. But yeah, that's it. Take care, guys. Later.